It was October 21st, 1978, and the sun was setting on the Australian horizon. At 6.19 p.m., a young pilot named Frederick Valentich took off on a rented Cessna 182L from Moorabin Airport in Victoria. He was en route to King Island, a 130-mile journey over a body of water known as the Bass Strait. The Bass Strait is famous for its difficult flying conditions, but on this night, the skies were clear and the winds were calm. Valentich was eager to reach his destination where his friends awaited, ready to dine on fresh seafood along the water's edge. Sadly, Valentich never made that dinner date, nor any thereafter. At 7.06 p.m., he called into air flight service, sighting an unidentified flying object maneuvering around him. Neither Valentich or his aircraft were ever seen again. I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. At first glance, Valentich's story seems to be the closest we have ever seen to come to an actual alien abduction. But if you look a little closer, it's not the strange metallic object and sounds that will leave you doubting the validity of Frederick's story. No, it's instead Frederick himself. Though he was licensed to fly solo, Frederick's had only clocked about 150 flight hours at this time. His dream was to become a commercial pilot, and to do this, he would need at least 1,500 hours. Now, Frederick's road to being a pilot was a rocky one, to say the least. First, he tried to join the Royal Australian Air Force, but was sadly rejected. Twice. He had also been recently reprimanded for several flight violations, once when he flew into a restricted airspace, and twice when he flew intentionally into cloud cover. Many sources described him as an experienced pilot, but I wouldn't say there's much to support that claim. Frederick also had another fascination that doesn't help the validity of his story. According to those who knew him well, Frederick was obsessed with UFOs and the thought of seeing one. Now, could this have lended a hand in explaining his bizarre flight experience? Probably, but let's carry on. Now, Frederick's flight path was only 130 nautical miles. He would have flown the first half of it along the Australian coast, then turned south to head down to King's Landing, putting him over open water. Like I said, the weather on this night was perfect. Clear skies, low wind speeds, ideal flying conditions, really. All was going great until around 7, an hour after takeoff. He radios, asking if there's any known traffic in the area. Dispatch, are there any other aircrafts in my area? No, there's no other activity in the area. Skies are clear. Seems to be a large aircraft. Below 5,000. Just passed over me at at least 1,000 feet above. What type of aircraft are you seeing? I cannot affirm. It is four bright lights. It, it seems to be like landing lights. The aircraft has just passed over me at at least a thousand feet above. Can you confirm it is a large aircraft? Uh, unknown. Due to the speed it's traveling. Are there any Air Force aircraft in the vicinity? No. No known aircraft in the vicinity. It's approaching now. From the due east towards me. 
It seems to be that he's playing some sort of game. He's flying over me three times. I would not identify... It's not an air... It's not an aircraft. It's... Can you describe the aircraft? As it's flying past, it's, it's a long shape. Can it... Uh, cannot identify more than that. It, it has such speed. It's before me now. Roger, and how large would the object be? It seems like it's stationary. What I'm doing right now is orbiting, and the thing is just orbiting on top of me also. It's got a green light, sort of metallic. It's all shiny on the outside. It's just vanished. Would you know what kind of aircraft that was? Is it military aircraft? Can you confirm the aircraft just vanished? Say again? Is the aircraft still with you? It's, uh, approaching from the southwest. The engine, it's rough idling. I've got it set at 23, 24, and the thing is... Roger, what are your intentions? My intentions are to go to King Island. That strange aircraft is hovering on top of me again. It's hovering. It's not an aircraft. Valentich's last and quite eerie transmission was then followed by 17 seconds of radio silence, where sudden and loud metallic scraping sounds can be heard. Now, by 7.30, rescue crews were sent out and spent the next week searching the area for Frederick and his plane, but found absolutely nothing, even though the Cessna was designed to float in the event of an emergency landing. He also had plenty of life vests on board. A witness noticed him loading four life vests on board the plane before he took off. Little fun fact for you there. So, now at this part of the show, we gotta get into some theories. Right? That's what we're here for. So first and foremost, to respect Valentich's wishes, let's go into the UFO theory. Now, to say Valentich was obsessed with UFOs would be putting it mildly. He wasn't just convinced of their existence, he apparently was convinced that they would soon attack Earth. Extremists believed that he got too close to the truth and was abducted. While it may seem a bit, well, out of this world, there were eyewitnesses who alleged that something else was out there the night he disappeared. One individual claimed to see a strange green light in the sky, similar to the one noted in Valentich's transmission, where he said, it's got a green light and is sort of metallic. The following morning, a farmer in Cape Otway, an area along the edge of Valentich's flight path, observed a flying object hovering over his property. Now the object was approximately 30 meters across and it appeared to have a small airplane attached to its side. According to the farmer, the attached aircraft was leaking oil and he etched the aircraft's tail number into one of his tractors so he wouldn't forget it. The number did match Valentich's Cessna. Now it's interesting to note that none of the witnesses came forward until after the story of the missing pilot was published in the local paper, with one even holding the information for over 30 years. So these eyewitnesses are not exactly the most credible sources. So let's put a pin in that for now. Now let's talk about the crash theory. Valentich was an eager young pilot with grand goals for his aviation career, but unfortunately, it didn't seem like it was his cup of tea. 
He had also recently failed his second attempt at passing the commercial flight exam. In his mere 150 flight hours, Valentich was under the threat of prosecution for his in-flight incidents when he entered restricted airspace on two occasions and deliberately flew into clouds. Also, flying over water into the setting sun can be disorienting for even the best of pilots, never mind someone with Valentich's distressing history. And instead of focusing on critical flight tasks, like monitoring his instrument panels, he was distracted by what he believed was a UFO. While the four lights he observed above him could have belonged to another aircraft, it's likely that they were lights of stars or his own being reflected off the clear, calm water. According to his transmission, Valentich began circling this mysterious aircraft at some point. And in a bank, it's possible that he fell victim to the tilted horizon illusion, a common disorienting experience that many pilots suffer from. Now becoming disoriented, he could have either entered a graveyard spiral or even became inverted. And given the gravity-fed fuel system of the Cessna 182, his engine would have quickly been deprived of fuel, explaining why his engine at the end of the transmission sounded like it was running quite rough. So rough that he even mentions it. Now, there is one more theory. The staged disappearance theory. The night Valentich disappeared, police received several reports of an unidentified aircraft landing on Cape Otway. Assuming Valentich followed the flight plan he filed, he would have been in Cape's general vicinity at the time he began transmitting with air flight service. Is it possible that Valentich, frustrated by his aviation career, fabricated the UFO sighting in order to stage his own disappearance? Not only would an abduction serve to validate his UFO conspiracies, but it would also give him a fresh start on an otherwise troubled life. But, and this is a big old but, Stay with me here. The plane spotted that night by the Cape was found and had crashed into the water and had nothing to do with Valentich. So what's left? The truth? <laughs> was Valentich a victim of an alien abduction or rather a victim himself? The farmer's story of seeing the plane and UFO while riveting didn't surface until 36 years after Valentich's disappearance. In fact, despite ufologist's best efforts, such a farmer has never been found. As for the eyewitness who claimed to have seen a green light in the sky that night, they didn't make their claim until after the newspapers had already reported on Valentich, noting a green light in his transmission. Now, did Valentich's obsession with UFOs get the better of him? While his aircraft has never been recovered, in 1983, an engine cow flap washed ashore on Flinders Island. The Bureau of Air Safety investigation concluded that the part came from a Cessna 182 between a certain range of serial numbers, including that of the one Valentich had been flying that fateful night. There's one thing in this case, though, that continues to perplex me. If there's nothing to this story, then where is the original recorded transmission from Valentich to dispatch? There are bits and pieces of it online, but most recordings of it are reenactments, like the one we did on this episode. So what's to hide? Who's hiding it? And of course, why?
Alright, there you guys have it. The most convincing alien abduction I could find. <laughs> no, hopefully not. Hopefully there's more out there. Mm. And others that are that are more convincing. It just sucks that old Frederick was into UFOs. Yeah. You know, yeah. it really just blows a hole in everything. Like, you really want to believe it. Until then. Yeah, there's all types of circumstantial evidence. <laughs> and then the fact that the, a whole plane is gone. Uh-huh. Um, a pretty plane incredible. that was designed to float. Too. A plane that was designed to float, yeah. yeah. Maybe he took it out somewhere and burned it. You know, maybe he made a stop I mean, at that cape, right? Yeah. Got some, I don't know, gasoline. <laughs> I mean, but he had plenty of gas. He had enough gas for like No, I mean to like flight. light the plane. Oh, to burn it? Yeah. But oh, yes. That is something we didn't like mention. That? Something we didn't mention in the episode. Um, this is my wife, Kristen, with me today. If this is one of the first episodes that you've listened to uh, with her in the after show. Mm-hmm. But she also writes for Strange and Unexplained. And so I'd love to have her on in these post shows to kind of discuss, you know, our own theories um, in conversation and whatnot and where we stand with the case, given all of these facts that we presented to you. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one thing that I did not mention in the main part is that he filled up, like he had like 800 gallons of gasoline or something like 1800. that. 1,800. 1,800 gallons yes. of gasoline on the mm-hmm. plane, but he only needed like 600 for yeah, this trip or like, something. F- yeah. So he obviously was planning a much further flight, but wouldn't they have been able to track him? I, I mean, they I knew mean, his location. I do I don't doubt that he would have just filled up his plane, though, just for, you know, you know, truckers do the same thing. They stop at the gas station. They don't necessarily need gas, but they'll top off just right. you know, for sake. So, like, the gas doesn't make me think that he did this on purpose, but, like, yeah. the loading for life fest into a plane that's odd right unless and then i was like okay well he's going to a dinner party right so maybe he's hoping somebody will come home with him oh you know that was my thing i was like you just want to be or maybe he's planning on taking three friends yeah yeah on a little flight and if they do crash into the ocean they're okay all these little things that people are like oh he totally staged it they can still be kind of explained Mm mm-hmm you know, explained away. Like, no, nah, he was just like getting ready to go see friends and he was topping off to be safe. And, yeah. you know, but, but then they saw the plane that I guess crashed in the water. Right. right. And they just assumed that that was the same plane. Right. Right. Until it was found. <laughs> well, how much stock do you put into the fact that he's trying to create this this legacy, trying to tie his name to something that he really believed in. Mm-hmm. How much stock would you put into that? Like, let's say you were trying to make yourself and the plane disappear. There is a lot of ways you could go about that in the 70s. That's what I'm saying, I though. Like... I don't think that's as likely as he just wanted to see something so bad mm-hmm. that these things together... Distracted him. Distracted him, yes. And he crashed. Then where's the plane? Possibly. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, know look, lots of things have crashed look, the in the Mala- ocean and we don't know where they say, are. I was about to say the Malaysian flight yeah. 571 or whatever it is. Yeah. It's never been found before. Right. So, and and that's have... a Boeing 747. That's something that's like 10 times the size of this little tiny plane. Right. That was only built to carry four people. Exactly. So it, that's uh, that's a big difference. And, and I know it's a big difference in the size of the, the search area. Right, right. But I mean... My God, if a 747 crashes, you're going to have thousands of pieces. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And if if we can lose a plane that big, 
then we can certainly lose a little Absolutely. passenger plane. Absolutely, in the right. ocean. And in an area where a lot of UFO, UFO sightings have happened yeah. to be far. Yeah. You know, it's the Skinwalker Ranch of Australia, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, mm-hmm. If you guys don't know what Skinwalker Ranch is, it's a place in Utah. Check out our other episode on that. Something that kind of lands uh, like... Um, like a little more towards maybe he was abducted is yeah. the fact though is the fact that he did know about UFOs. Some people are like maybe this is why he was approached. Yeah, yeah. And more so, and, you know, <laughs> like the I aliens know the, were on to him. Like we heard well, you've been spreading our news. You've that's been telling what, people. That's what like extreme people are right, saying. Right, right, <laughs> but, right, right. <laughs> like okay, but like they know he's gonna or he knows they're gonna attack, so they took him out. I don't think that's likely. It's I like, think if they're smart enough to get here and stuff, they're smart enough to pick out which of us would willingly go. Yeah. And it seems like he would be the type to willingly go. Yeah, for sure. And you know what kind of ticks me off, though, about UFO sightings and UFO believers and whatnot? And, mm-hmm. I, and I'm one of them. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I hate to admit it, but I am. Um most people that you ask, especially now in 2022, will be like, do you believe in aliens? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, do you believe anybody saw them? No. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> never, never. Right. Then how do we, how do we confirm this? Like mm-hmm. even our own government has, we have to has admitted all of them the existence now. of UFOs, of, of other life forms mm-hmm. or whatever. And then we're just like, ah, he didn't see them. Right. You can't see them. They don't interfere. Well, they have to interfere somehow or we wouldn't know They this. did because our government... Uh, well, if you're tr- if you're going by what our government said and you're yeah. trusting them, they have yeah. now confirmed. Which we love to do. Trust our government. <laughs> <laughs> right? So if we have confirmation from our government, uh-huh. it must be true. It must be true. But, yeah, but the same people are still sitting there like, yeah, but none of these sightings are real. But wait a minute. <laughs> right. But you do believe in aliens and the fact that they could be sighted. Yeah. I think... Yeah. It's tough. I think maybe... When I first went into it, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is a case. This is a, this is a legit case. This yeah. is an argument for abductions. Finally. A guy who knows what he's doing. He's flying, and then all of a sudden he's gone, and there's no explanation to it. Mm-hmm. But then when you start to read about him, because most articles present him like an experienced pilot who knew what he was doing, uh-huh. and they leave out his troubled history <laughs> with with flying. Exactly. And it's like if you put that in there." And then, of course, I had to go learn about all the different, like, um, spatial disorientations that these mm-hmm. pilots can go through. And it's just absolutely insane the different things that can affect them. Like, just being in that long bank, he claims he was orbiting or trying to basically chase the object at some point, right? Right. So we know, for one, he veered off his path. Very and true. And he did something. Yes. Which means, like, there's one of them where you can, like, be turning in a bank. Mm-hmm. And if you move your head suddenly in the wrong direction, it causes this weird, like, inner ear issue. And you basically, like, di- you know, spatial disorientation. You don't know which way is which. And you overcorrect for it, which yeah. can cause you to do the graveyard spin, like it was saying. Right, right. And then in the, in the middle of a spin, you can get disoriented thinking you're back mm-hmm. and you're right where you're supposed to be and you overcorrect again i mean it's just the insane issues right right Stuff that we, we just wouldn't know mm-hmm. unless you're a pilot it just i i have a really hard time grasping that you're flying upside down and you don't know it just because of gravity right you're going to be falling down in your seat unless you're moving at such a speed that pushes you back well that's what you think but that's exactly what i'm talking about like 
these pilots, if they're tilted because they don't know which way is up, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. And it's like if he were to bank and suddenly he thinks the horizon is tilted sideways and then he tries to correct mm-hmm. and he's not upright you see what i'm saying even being inverted there's so it's got something to do go to youtube i've linked all kind of sources yeah i've watched hours of check it out of plane training i could probably fly one right so he could have easily got confused is what you're getting yes very easily like it's insanely yeah easy to get disoriented and when you're not paying attention to your instruments that's like the main point Mm -hmm. to not go by how you feel but to go by what your panel says yeah go by your instruments and he's not paying attention to any of that well, no, and he's also in distress, yeah. contacting back and forth with dispatch and whatnot. Yeah, and he's <sighs> somebody that already believes the facts. So even if there is something up there, because some people are like, "Well, what if it, he was like in the meteor shower? There was a meteor shower. So what if yeah. he just saw these things flying by and he really did legit think he was seeing an UFO? He would have uh, freaked out because he already yeah. believes in UFOs. And that would explain why he thought it was so fast mm-hmm. and had such agility because he would see a he would see a meteor over there and then over there yep. and then <laughs> yep. yeah yeah it's all cut like there's just all kinds of different stories that make more sense than an abduction right but if i had to choose one story mm-hmm. I feel it's like, a, got, he got disoriented it's probably this one <laughs> he got disoriented and crashed but mm-hmm. then still it, it is amazing that we haven't found anything anything yeah that is you know other than that one tail fin that yep. came up or whatever that could have been registered have been. to a plane made at that time mm-hmm but well, all right. Well, that's that's all we know. You know, it doesn't really help a whole lot, but I I don't put a whole lot of stock in this one being an alien abduction just because of his fascination with UFOs, wanting it so badly, and then the inexperience as a pilot. All right. So let's check in with Lauren. Let's see what he thinks in this week's Lauren synopsis. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren synopsis. Breaking down the case like. Break it down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren synopsis. Break it down the case like. Break it down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren synopsis. Break it down the case like. Break it down the case like cardboard boxes. What's up, people? Lauren here. Here to get my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained. The disappearance of Frederick Valentich who went on a flight in his Cessna over the Bass Strait back in October of 1978. And during his flight, seems to have encountered some sort of unidentified flying object, which began to toy with him, according to his own words, in in discussions with flight control. Um, And there was not much they could do for him because he was flying at night. He did have special authorization to fly at night. Um, but where he was flying and at the time he was flying flight control was not available to help him with much. And he's sending these concerning messages back and forth saying that he, you know, this, this, uh, this other aircraft is flying above him next to him and seemingly toying with him. Next thing you know, he gets, they get a transmission that, uh, his, he's having engine issues. And then there's these sounds of metal scraping apparently. And that was it. He was never found. He's presumed dead, presumed to have crashed uh, his Cessna somewhere in the water out there. And he's not even, they're not even sure if he actually was taking the path that he was supposed to be taking. Obviously in a you know situation like he's in where he's encountered something that he believes to be messing with him, um, you may easily get off course from where you're headed. 
because that's no longer your main concern is your flight path, but just surviving when another aircraft is messing with you. That being said, he's said to be, uh, this, this person was said to have been, uh, quite a believer in UFOs. Um, and also it was night. Um, some believe that maybe the reflections of his lights on his Cessna over the water was what he was seeing. And he was maybe confused, discombobulated. And, uh, the fact that I, I, so I was all in on like, man, this is one of the more convincing things I've heard as far as UFOs until I read that he was heavily into UFOs. And when you want to believe you sometimes are just like sold on making other people believe you. And I don't know. I, I believe he thought he saw something, but I don't believe there actually was something there. I think there was night lights on the water. He's confused and uh, unfortunately crashed his plane. We'll never know. He was never found. These are the sort of things that, you know, people say uh, I've never seen, you know, convincing evidence of a UFO, but then there's all these odd videos of things maneuvering in the sky, seemingly with uh, advanced technology that we don't have. And there's been videos released even by people in the Air Force that have shown things that seem to have some sort of anti-gravity to them. And of course, you're never going to believe it unless you see it in person. A video is never going to convince me. Um, But this guy being a believer in it makes me question it a bit. Um, Tragic nonetheless. Uh, So Frederick Valentich, this is so long ago, we're never going to know. His plane and his body maybe at the bottom of the ocean still to this day, most likely. And uh, all we have are these transmissions that were most likely not recorded and not available to be heard. Um, it would be fascinating to hear that, though. So, yeah, we don't have much information. And I, I tend to think that he went on a flight at night and got got all out of sorts in the dark and maybe was more of a paranoid personality that was a true believer in UFOs and saw something that he believed to be a UFO and it wasn't. I don't know. That's my thoughts. Hope you guys enjoyed it. See you next week. All right, Lauren, thank you so much for that synopsis. Right on cue, as per usual. Lauren gets it. He feels the same way. It's kind of hard not to when you really dissect all the information around this story. But we hope you guys enjoyed this one. If you have a suggestion for a strange phenomena, a missing person, or anything of the such, anything like the cases that we've covered here on Strange Unexplained, please, you can email them to sandupodcast at gmail.com. That's S-A-N-D-U podcast at gmail.com. All right. Or hit me up on social media at Sandu Podcast or at True Crime Guys, wherever you are looking for us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and on YouTube. Got to check us out on YouTube, guys. If you haven't had a chance to subscribe to True Crime Guys YouTube channel, please do. Um, there's links to everything True Crime Guys right below the description of this episode. Um, especially our Patreon. Patreon.com slash True Crime Guys. For five bucks a month, you get access to every show that we make on this network, including Strange Shorts every single Monday, which you get every fourth episode of here on the free platform with myself and Andy. And uh, Lauren does a five-minute murder show where it's other long-time unsolved cases being solved by um, genetics and DNA linkings. Um, as well as just the banter that me and Lauren do every single Friday where we get on, we answer listener questions, 
um, and just interact with our listener base and give back. We appreciate it so much, guys. Again, that's patreon.com slash guys. And uh, yeah, you can find everything there. Or patreon.com slash podcast, And for just three bucks a month, you can get all of Sandu content. So if you're not ready for all that True Crime Guys stuff yet, you can just get all your strange and unexplained content at patreon.com slash podcast. Either way, we appreciate it very much. All right. So until next week, guys, be strange. Just don't be strangers. See ya. check out all the other programs on the TCG network. Every Wednesday, a new episode of True Crime Guys proper, Strange and Unexplained on Mondays, and Full House Fantasy Football on Fridays to start your weekend. If those aren't enough, head on over to our Patreon account, where you can have access to hundreds of hours of content, including older episodes and other Patreon exclusives like Strange Shorts, Sandu Stories, Higher Thoughts, and the 5-Minute Murder Show. But until next time, guys, keep creeping. How How do you shut this thing off? Over? Oh, my God.